Hey, this is Bob Wheeler with another episode of Money You Should Ask. Today, I'm super excited because I'm here at the world-famous comedy store in the main room, and I am sitting here with Vicki Barbalak, a good friend of mine, a finalist on America's Got Talent, and was voted America's Funniest Mom. And I have known you for a, I hate to say this, but a long time. <laughs> Bob, I think we've known each other for like 22 or 23 years. Oh, and we I, met in kindergarten. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, yes, you were in, in, in preschool. Preschool. Yeah. I was one year older than you. Yeah. In Miss Claiborne's class. Yeah. Where you were already handling the lunch money. That's right. And I then, remember, if we didn't have enough money, we could borrow money from you at 82% yeah. interest. And for me, it was worth it because I was good. always hungry. It didn't feel like loan sharking. It didn't It at really all. didn't. No. It felt, actually, we go, back to, <laughs> we go back to Judy Carter. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Yes. 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 100 years ago. Holy moly. Oh, my God. So, well, I'm excited now, to have There is a here. woman who knows how to make money. In she comedy. does. Yeah. She is amazing. And that's... Well, so, I don't know if I told you, but... One of the great things about this show is we get to talk about money. Um, and what I'm always curious about is like, there's some people that like want to become famous. They can make a whole lot of money yeah. or um, some people just do it for the glamour. And um, like you, you've, you have stayed in the game, right? Yeah. You've stayed right. in. Yeah. And I mean, even when you were making millions of dollars right. in carpet sales, right? Exactly. You were doing carpet so sales. So much. And and here you are. So, like, so let me ask you this. You started out doing stand-up comedy. Yeah, I, start, I started out, like, you know, 20 years ago. I was 38 when I started. And it wasn't okay. like, that wasn't professional time starting. That was just take a class, see you at Judy Carter. We met then. Mm -hmm. And that's just, like, you know, mess around and just get me little feet wet, but never intending to be right. a comedian. And that was when I was 38. And then when I was 40, Mitzi saw me. Mm -hmm. And she brought me up to the Hollywood Comedy Store. And that's when I started thinking, you know... I, I really want to do this. I really want to be a comedian. And and then you stuck with it. And, you, and then I stuck with it because I was such an idiot. I thought <laughs> it was a good idea. Well, yeah. and let me ask you this. So were you all, like, I remember one of your first jokes was being about being able to spot an assistant manager from, you know, miles away right. with their keys. Right. And, um, and you joke about having lived in a trailer. Yeah. Um, but you actually really... Lived in a trailer. No, really. When I when I first started stand up, I worked for my parents' carpet business, and um, you know, I just I they were getting ready to retire, and I could have either bought the business from them or sold it, taking care of their retirement. You could have had the red carpet. I could have the red carpet <laughs> every but day. I, but I, I didn't. There wasn't enough money in the world to keep me from doing comedy. Right. And so, um, the, my daughter and I also was in the middle of a divorce. Your, did your glasses just split in they half? They did. I'm sorry. They Gosh, that is so that cool. cool. Sorry. Ridiculous. Yeah. So, I thought it was like some bridge was going to pass no, under your nose bridge. No. Like a ship would come I know. through. Well, that's my nose. You're freaking me out. I wish this was it's, on. Definitely, Bob, you should do a filmed podcast. With the, I know. Yes. So, and you were living in your ex-husband's garage. garage. I moved into That's the garage for like three years, the last three years of our marriage, because I, I just didn't want to break our family up, and I thought I could just keep it together until the kids were 18 in the garage. But um, that just didn't happen. Yeah, I was so, there with you and Bobby Shropshire. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> All oh, right, enough said. said. Anyway, so I, I uh, bought a trailer for $11,000. It was cool. uh, in a family trailer park, and it had a beautiful view, and all of a sudden, we were instantly happy. And all of a sudden, we were instantly completely broke. I mean, right. we, I went from making maybe seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year back in the day mm. to making, you know, probably twelve hundred a month. Yeah. 
and oh. uh, being just ext- like I didn't get food stamps though I could have and I'm not proud that I didn't I was just too lazy to stand in line but I mean it literally was just I would buy uh, gift certificates at Trader Joe's when I got a paycheck from a club just so we'd have enough food to the end so we didn't spend it on like Maybelline right <laughs> but th- that's that was my early budgeting yeah. and continues to be to this day and so now that you're world famous <laughs> um, and well here's I will have to say this yeah. you know when I went to find you at the hotel you had already registered under a, Lana a secret Turner. name Lana yeah. Turner yeah which um, now I can't use again now that everyone I know now the millions that. of people that hear this podcast well it was I knew there was a buzz because people were like I think she's in the building yeah, um, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. I was surprised I was able to get through but um do you, do you like now you're so you're still doing comedy are you doing a little bit of carpet sales no, or no no Nothing. no carpet it's I mean like, I, I started selling carpet again to pay for Lily's wedding in Santa Barbara okay and, I remember that yep and then and then I finished paying for it a couple years ago and then I just kind of got used to the money and I was like starting comedy I, I had this one little period where I thought well you know I think I thought well I'm not gonna get to do this anymore I I felt like I didn't try hard enough and my shot was gone and and then I I met a guy in uh, Tahoe who had gone across the Antarctic with a guy with no legs and he that's tough yeah and he told me he said rug burn yeah <laughs> ice burn yeah he was Ouch. still chafing and yeah. so I had a talk with him and it was a life-changing talk and uh his name is Kyoko and he just wrote a, a book about for just to inspire people but anyway it's just weird that I ran into him and I went down to this river in Tahoe and it was I said, no, I've laid brick all these years. I've learned how to become a master bricklayer. Why would I quit now and believe that people are telling me I'm too old? Why would I believe them? Why would I quit now when I finally got like to a master bricklayer level of yeah. comedy? And and then I went, no. So then, um, so then the last couple of years has been just kind of like a rebirth in energy and intention for it. And it's been like starting from the beginning as, as kind of a master level. So it's been great. I remember... That you used to always take the opening spot. Nobody would want the opening spot, and they'd give it to you, and right. it's the crappiest. The 9 o'clock spot in the main room. It's right. so hard. Yeah. And you would take it because it was so. It was it, training. It was exactly that. And, you know, it, it, it was the best spot for me. And I, I've heard other comics say that. You take the first or the last. Right. And um, so I, I remember, and I don't know how long ago this was, but I remember there was a time you were doing comedy. Things were really buzzing. And your mom got really sick. Yeah. And you made a choice. Right. To not do much comedy. Right. Well, my mother just had, she had no sisters. I have no sisters. My brother lives in Northern California. My mom had, uh, had was in the last year and a half of, of hep C when there was no cure and it was uh, devastating. And my father was ill. Right. So, I mean, it was just me. What am I going to do? I'm going to happily take care of her. Right. And so... That and, and it was also for me as well. Like I sh- should have, could have, if I could have figured out how to move to LA, I would have. But I, I had my kids and I was so poor. And yeah. I, 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 that was the thing, you know. For me, I did put my family first, and maybe my career got slower. But it's just, I think it all turned out just like it was supposed to. No, I abs- I, I believe that. And I remember though, people were telling you were making a mistake. A mistake yeah, this was a huge mistake. Yep. And. I guess the reason I'm asking and talking about that is because, for me, um, that feels like more about, I don't know that it's integrity, but it's about like prioritizing your values and still trusting that you're going to be able to come back and do comedy. 
Yeah. Or even if you didn't know that was going to happen, knowing that it was important to you to uh, like be with your mom and her last. Right. There wasn't even an issue. Right. There wasn't even an issue for me. It right. might have been an issue to other people, but that's none of my business. Right. For me, it wasn't it just that's what was going to happen. And, uh, and you know, you hear so many older people tell you, don't look back and right. look back with regret. So I will never look back with regret on the choices that I made with my yeah. family. No. And, and like, what, what do you think, like, if you, like, what fueled you to say, no, I'm not going to do the carpeting. I'm going to, like, I'm going to, like, when you heard that guy that gave you the speech and right. you turned things around. Yeah. Like, what is it with you, in you internally? Do you know, is there something that says, you know, just keep going or I've got more than enough or like, I mean, you've got two daughters that you, you know, raised and they're amazing human beings and like what like what kept you going i think i just had a real burning desire to live a creative life to do what was in my heart to do which was to make people laugh mm -hmm. and that was that was that was wow i'm and i thought i also will take any excuse i can if somebody says you're not good enough you can't do this for so many years i went you're probably right and I, in in one level, though, I knew I was really funny and I knew audiences really loved me. When the more industry would say no, the more in my other side of me, the fear and the, the worthless side, I would say they're probably right. Mm -hmm. The audiences are wrong. Industry's right. And then I think I finally had that turn. Um, when, that turn was, look, it doesn't matter what anybody says. I am burning up to do this and I'm going to do it. And, and I still did not know if it would work out. But right. I just kept hoping that it would. Do you think that living in San Diego or Oceanside and being close to the comedy store in La Jolla gave you a leg up? Because, like, you know, a lot of people aren't going to drive down to San Diego, but the people that live in San Diego that do comedy, yeah. like, that, I remember Mitzi at one point had talked to me and she goes, well, I sort of wanted to let you move to San Diego and be the manager down there, mm -hmm. but I really wanted you up in LA. Yeah. And she's like, but you could have, then you could have worked out all your stuff all right. the time. And I, part of me was like, ah, oh, it would have been great to go down there. And I always think that, um, people don't realize how like valuable that stage is down oh, in La Jolla. It's the best room in the world. Like Sam Kinison thought it was his favorite room. And it's clear, <laughs> it's definitely my favorite room I've ever been in. And yeah, San Diego is a great environment for comedy. There's lots of clubs there. The comedy store is the anchor, and then there's lots of other rooms to work. So I've been able to work solidly, you know, and work really hard. And that's been, like, so great. Besides, you know, when you're traveling, I do all the fundraising stuff that I've done. But the main thing is just there's the work in San Diego. Is, it's open every night. Yeah, there's something happening. Yeah. And would you say, like, you were talking a little bit ago about the, the part of you that said you didn't deserve it, and then there's the part that said, I know people think I'm funny. And then that place where you stopped, you stopped making the 80,000 bucks and down mm -hmm. to 1200. Yeah. Um, when you decided whether it was conscious or unconscious that, you know what, I want to tap into my creativity. I want to re I want to live a creative life. Is there a part, I know a lot of artists feel like they have this p poverty mentality where, um, I have to be poor for my craft or I'm not a pure artist or, um, Maybe there's a part that just says I never really deserve to have everything that comes my way, which is probably why there's, um, you know, suicide and heavy drugs and for a lot of people because they don't deserve all that's coming their way, even though they do. Right. But mentally they don't believe it. So, like, I'm wondering, it, like, is is there 
do you have that poverty mentality that it's never going to change or there's a party that says, you know what, I deserve to have more and it's well, never going to be enough? That's what I wanted to ask you because you're a financial wizard. I, I wonder, you know, like I'm finally able to, to take the success of my career. I'm able to accept it. Like I'm ready and able and I'm fine with that because I can totally tie it into where I've gotten to at this point through the work that I've done. Yeah. I get it and I accept it. I'm ready to accept that. Even though I could have been ready 20 years ago, I'm really right. completely ready now. Well, sometimes so, you're not ready till you're but, ready. And I, 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 I yes, and uh, yeah, and so, but so, what I'm wondering now is the money part. Mm-hmm. Will I, will I be able to accept the money? And I've been, you know, when I grew up, my parents were always. My dad played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he could he never. He always had trouble making enough money to make my mother happy. I grew up in that time where so many women weren't happy with their husbands and my father wasn't making enough for her. And so I grew up like that. And then, then they finally opened their own shop and they did really well for like 20 years. And then, and, and we, you know, but I grew up poor as a little child being always constantly aware that we didn't have enough. And then we had money for a while. And then I didn't have money again for 20 years. And now when people are offering me money, and I'm excited about this money. Right. I mean, I'm just, I'm also like, I don't want to be, I want to be like, okay with it all. I want to yeah. be like, what's the big deal about money? Yeah. It's just money. It is just money. It's funny though, because like I grew up, my family presented well. We looked like we were middle class, but yeah. there were five kids. We didn't, there was not a lot of money. We didn't get to do a lot of things. You know, we had to sneak our popcorn and drinks right. into the movie theater yeah. um, and uh, try and get everybody in the trunk so we can get yeah. through the drive through So, you know, so even now though, I find myself sometimes thinking, I'm going to run out of money. Yeah. And, and life is not bad. I can't complain. Right. And yet there's still a, there is one part of me that still always thinks, even if I had $20 million in the bank, I'd still think I needed another $5 million to feel secure. I don't know that there's a part of me that doesn't know that I'll ever feel like I have secure, a secure, secure enough. Well, then you ought to buy a trailer. Yeah. Because the one thing that... The, the I like thing, my house. The thing, the thing that changed my life like, is always having my own trailer. That's like always... Been, I, as soon as I get a trailer, like got my house, I won't be homeless, you know? And then... Yeah. But, but beyond that, I just would... Yeah. I would. Well, I, my sense is because you've stayed true to what's, what's right for you in terms of I want to be a comic, I want to make people laugh, I want to impact people. I think um, because you... You've chosen your family. You've made choices that other people might not have made. Um, that I think when the money um, starts rolling in, I think that you're going to be just fine with it. I think that you're going to be like, finally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just making up for all the years that they were small amounts. So finally, average I might have a, a brand new cell phone. Oh, my God. And a, and a bigger – you could get a double wide. I have a double wide, Oh, Bob. you already have a double wide? Bob, when is the last time you've been in my house? It's been a while. Yeah, I've, I've moved up to a double wide a while ago. Oh, my ago. God. And I don't want to say this, but recently we bought the second best trailer in my trailer park. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's up in the top of the hill. I look down on all the other trailers. I kind of feel a little bit like a Kardashian. It's nice to be able to look down on. It is great. Yeah. People walk by and I'm watering and like, I just give them the, the regal wave, like, you know, mm. the little kiss off. Yeah, the lower cove Yes, how people. are you peasants doing today? Uh, I'm trying not to be that way. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I don't know if you remember this, but I remember that you mentioned this to me, um, I don't know, a few months ago, that 
I took you to a workshop. Right. In San Diego. Um, it was an NLP workshop. Right. And we had to like chart out our future. Mm-hmm. And I remember, if I remember correctly, you charted out a TV show or you mm-hmm. did. And like you said that that was a really important weekend for you. And I'm wondering, like, if you look back now at that weekend and all that. What, well, you know, what, specifically the reason that weekend, I, I tell everyone about that weekend. and I tell everyone that you made it happen. And yeah, I did ask for a television show at that time because mm-hmm. that was, I didn't know my mother was going to become severely ill the right. next week. Right. Literally. And my mother and I never very much, we were like ships in the night. And my mother loved my brother the best because, well, he's the best person. Of the two of us, she would be crazy not to. I mean, he's <laughs> like the best guy in the whole world. He really is. And also they were like peas in a pod. And... I just never felt close to my mother. I always felt like it was a disappointment to her, as she did to her mother. And her That's a long thing. My mother did the best she could. But I just, i uh, that weekend, we walked in and there was an easel on the middle of that stage that said you had the mother you were supposed to have. Right. And then from that weekend on, I mean, his mother was a hooker. Oh, she was an yeah. insane lady. and she was raising her car. So, so... Then I, I learned about my mother and I that weekend, and literally the next week, my mother went into, um, into the hospital and was in life support and came out, and we had a year and a half together, and it was the best year and a half of my life. And if it wouldn't have been for that weekend starting me off to that, mm-hmm. it, that, that wouldn't have happened. So that was a critical, critical time. I, you know, the takeaway from that weekend for me, too, when the guy shared about his mom and yeah. the hooker and how she would get drunk and tried to kill him yes. on a regular basis. Yes. And he would climb up on the roof right. so that he wouldn't get killed. Yeah. And I remember him saying that as his mom was dying, that she all of a sudden had the realization that she didn't have enough time to make amends. And her life had been so extremely horrible. And I remember the lesson that he took from that was that he was grateful that his mom's life was so horrifically bad and horrifically evil so that he would know that is the life he never wanted to have. Right. Exactly. And I like, it was so amazing, like how he took that as a gift and said, this is a reflection of what I absolutely don't want it to be. Right. And then the relationship that I've had with my daughters is absolutely opposite of the yeah. one I've had with my mother. We're so, I'm so lucky and close to both of them, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, so that, that, so then that that was that, and and now hopefully uh, the TV show will come. Perfect. Well, and you're on TV. Yeah, I'm on TV. That <laughs> TV a, show came. I mean, the big would, one. I mean, you'd like a series, and maybe okay. like uh, what's it called you're when right. it goes into a syndication? Yeah, syndication. That would be nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, but you're right. I I did get a huge break at 60 years old or 60, well, and, as I like to say. But now, wasn't when you were voted America's Funniest Mom? Yeah. that was on TV. That was on right? TV. Right, and didn't Roseanne Barr? I probably shouldn't say her name right now, but. Um, she was one of the judges? Yeah, she was, and she was really great to me, and, and I, she let me write for her. And she oh, that's was, great. It's wonderful to me. That's cool. And I'm cool. so sorry. And I hope she gets back together really soon. Yeah. Well, and you've gotten to... So, all right, now I have one other thing that I wanted to remember. This is... So I remember we did a show down in San Diego, and then I made the crazy mistake of saying I need to get back to my um, hotel room. And you ran back over to the comedy store, La Jolla, and lo and behold, Robin Williams 
was at the freaking club. Yeah. And everybody was on fire. And your husband, Lou, and you got to hang out with Robin Williams. And you didn't want to call me because you said, I didn't want to call you because it might break the moment. And... The whole and you ended up spending like you guys drove him home. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. I cry a lot about it. But, oh, you should. But like, how? What? What? Like, that was so funny because I was dressed as a Playboy bunny. I, I bought my outfit at a fat lady store that day. It was a big giant black girdle with tit, with bra top. Yeah. And I made a huge tail, like about a foot diameter tail, to match the size of my butt. And I got I made ears that were two foot tall. Oh my god. And I'm sitting near the bar, and I look, I, and I just on my set. Kelly's on headlining for the first time. And I, I hear his voice, and I look over, and just like me and you at the bar, it's just me and him. And I go, well, this is nice. This is very nice. Like that. Like, I right. totally expected it to happen. And we just talked, and, and then I took pictures of him and everybody else. And he goes, well, I've never seen the bunny taking pictures of the people before at the club. <laughs> and, and he was just so wonderful. And he was, uh, he like, he, you know, most comics like him, they walk in, they want to jump on stage. He wanted to go on stage. He said, oh, no, no, I will definitely let Kelly finish, you know? Oh, well, first that was time Kelly Kirsten. Yeah, first time headlining. Which has to be rough if everybody in the crowd's buzzing yeah, at Robin Williams. It, yeah, it was really Robin Williams, you no, know, finish your set, but Robin Williams yeah. is next. Yeah. I mean, that must have... It was great. But that is so cool. And then... I love another time we were together in a hotel room. Oh, yeah? We did a show. I don't know if you remember. This is so great. And any of you know that Bob Wheeler is a money genius. We did a show together for executives at Union Bank on um, at a famous golf course, Pebble Beach. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's the second time I worked for the Union Bank executives, but the actual top, top guys came over from Japan, and they were seated in the front row, and I came out in my... I have a dress made of short metallic fabric that looks like a little tiny putting green, and I do oh, yeah. putting green jokes on it and stuff when I do golf tournaments. So I'm like, come on with my big wig and my short, short putting green dress, and all of the executives from Japan were at the front of the stage and they literally turned their chairs around at the same time so I'm looking only at their backs because oh, so they're not able to look at me because they're afraid because you were wearing a mini mini it yeah. was very mini it mini it was way mini I mean, it was way mini they, and they were, I mean, you had underwear yeah, but... they, 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 they might not have known that and it was way too much for them and they... so so then they put us up in this beautiful hotel like, wasn't it the most beautiful it was you beautiful have, it I was remember like, like a like thousand dollars a night and you, there was not a second bed and you were, you were sleeping on the footstool right. I'm like Bob you could trust me trust me just come and sleep with me in the bed please you gotta see this bed you're never gonna believe this bed and so i remember one night time during the middle of the night i kind of leaned over might have just possibly put my arm around you and you jumped up you jumped up so fast and you and like and you were and i, I said no bob no no I, 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 I just, no no come back come back <laughs> and i built a big pillow and blanket barrier between us and then you still slept on the floor you, you knew not to trust me after that well, I think it was. Now, I maybe this you'll kill me for this, but I remember. Oh, the snoring! The snoring! Oh, that too. I think okay, it was the more combination. about the snoring and the vibration well, of the, the bed. You said the snoring, but you never jumped up until I remember reaching for you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was younger than. Maybe that was a straw that broke the camel's back. You know back. what? I mean, you honestly, were looking for an excuse out of You me. know, I look these days. I'll let anybody grab me in the middle of the night. Uh, <laughs> I'm not picky, but no, I remember that. It was a beautiful hotel, though. Oh, it was so a beautiful much nice. fun. That was a fun trip. I do remember the Japanese guys being horrified, 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 yeah. <laughs> mortified, yeah, horrified. We got five thousand bucks for that. One. That, that was, was so. That was a few months' base rent. That was so funny. No, that was a good show. It was nice. I mean, they had a good crowd. Yeah, 
I, I think the other people loved it so much because they knew that the, the executives were so embarrassed. The rest of the people there had the time of their lives. Right. They were like loving that their execs were freaked out. <laughs> Plus, they were all looking at the execs were looking at yeah. them, so they wanted yes. to look enthused, yes. so they'd get back invited back to the next trip. That's probably what oh happened. God. That's so funny. And then I remember we were in, um, was it Vegas or Reno for a VA? And everybody was like 900 years old oh, yes, in wheelchairs. Yes. Where was that? I think it was. I think it was Vegas. Yes, Vegas for sure. And it was, oh my God. And, oh, and, oh my God. And the I room was split into two different rooms oh. and we had to stand in the middle and, and talk to one side and then yes. turn to the left and talk I to the other side. I think they were the last standing World War II vets and didn't we, I, they couldn't Civil hear War. anything. We, yeah. they, were, they didn't hear a word we said, but afterwards, didn't we have the best time of our lives talking to those guys? Yeah. That was so no, much that fun. Was, I remember because yeah. I was thinking, I'm going to dread this night. Oh. And uh, no, it ended up. Great. It was great. Yeah. We had some. There were some crazy shows. That's the thing about comedy. You really you really do have, you know, you really do have, live a life that you can never imagine. I mean, the experiences are great. Sometimes the living conditions and not the wages exactly. are really Terrible. pretty. Yeah, They're bad. awful. They're awful. Yeah, especially um, when you're not, you, when you're not, you know, you don't have a name. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah it's very oh, different. And I, I Just, don't know if you ever did the triple runs. I never did those because oh of my the kids. God, I never in, would leave the oh kids my for God. a triple run. Those were... Those were a joy. Yeah. Those were a joy. But, um, well, it's, and so the, the, the finals are coming up. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when I saw you, um, in the, when you, whatever they call it in the preliminaries, right. um, you were so comfortable. And I remember thinking, I wonder if, is Vicky going to get nervous? Cause I mean, that's pretty rough. You have to go out in front of a crowd and just cold start. Everybody else is singing. Um, or, you know, yeah. juggling animals or yeah. whatever they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's sort of hard with a cold start. But, like, what were you thinking? Like, how did you contain your nerves? Or maybe you were peeing in your pants and you had Depends on. I don't know. Um, you know that I was terrified that day. And my son-in-law, who's a Marine, ex-Marine, I said, he said, are you okay, Mama? And I said, I'm so scared, Tim. And he goes, well, Mama, do your job. <laughs> I go, Okay. <laughs> Honest to God. I went, okay. That's uh, that, my job. That's so cool. So that's, that's cool. what it is. And I, and that's my job. Yeah. Well, you have, you have earned it. So let me, so I want to, I'm going to ask you a question in a minute, but I want to ask this first, which is also a question, but not the one that I want. Okay. Um, so where do people find you? So, cause I noticed like people were making fan book pages for yeah. you and all the stuff. So you're on Facebook. Uh-huh, Vicky, Facebook, Vicky, Vicky, Bar- Vicky Barbalac Comedy. And Vicky with an I. I. And Barbalac with a bunch of letters. You can Google it. Yeah. Um, and then um, what about, so do you have a website or do you have, I have a... I dot com. And then on uh, Instagram, I'm like Vicky Barbalac or Trailer Nasty or Shut Your Baby Face or Trailer Park Trophy Wife. And you do mobile weddings. And I have this great new business where... I, I love it. I got the pop-up wedding chapel, wedding chapel to go. And that was more scary than stand-up for a long time because if you have a bad set, you can, you know, whatever. Right. People you, are gonna, aren't going to die. But if you wreck somebody's wedding. They might get divorced. You ru- they, or you ruin their life. Yeah. You ruin their best day. So I was really scared if I could do that. And I've learned how that I can do it because I love getting married, as you right. know. And um, I love working with the people. And I love being in that room filled with love or that it's usually an outside filled with love because our most of our weddings are small outside weddings. But I love being part of that day. Yeah. I'm loving it. That is so cool. That just reminded me, though, of do you remember 
it was where you had to be, you played a, a role at a wedding reception, I think, and you were being so inappropriate, oh, you yeah. were eating the food. It was a rabbi's 40th. What was that? It was a rabbi's 40th. And people were mortified. It was a rabbi's 40th anniversary, and his kids were so sick. I love them. They were so sick, they called the comedy store, and they said, send a couple out, a couple of comics, a, hus- a boy and a girl to play husband and wife fighting at our parents' 40th anniversary party at the temple. And so we went there, and I'm, the first thing we walk in, Mike Sisko and I, the entry of this big temple like a uh, rec room, and we walk in. I said, Did you tell your family I needed special food? Did you tell them? He goes, What do you mean, special food? You stopped at McDonald's and ate two Big Macs on the way here. I don't think I'm going to tell them about your gluten intolerance. Oh, that's so funny. And we just went from there, and it was, it was horrible, tried to ruin their party. And at the time, it was horrific. And, and they're giving us wedding marriage advice, and at the end we had to tell them, you know, their kids hired us, and and they were it was and then oh, it was just it was really fun in the end, but it was it was rough. That is so funny. Yeah. That I remember. Yeah. That was just yeah. great. So all right, I'm going to ask you. So that little noise was my reminder okay. that we have to wrap up very shortly. So my question to you is, knowing what you know now, being where you are in this moment. If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self some advice about money and about life choices, what would you tell her? I would say, Vicki, you're not as bad as you think you are. (laughs) You have every right to breathe the same amount of air as anybody else in this room. Um, And you don't have to wait till, till some magic comes along and tells you you're good enough. You're good enough right now. And get an agent. Get an agent. <laughs> and save money? Or? I saved, I'm, I was, I saved, I mean, I, I, one thing, Bob, I have been really good with money. Yeah. With a tiny bit of money I've had, we've lived a great life. You have. And, and that's, you know, been a lot of luck, I guess. But, um, yes, but I would recommend that everyone saves money. <laughs> save a little bit. Yeah, like I did with my, my gift certificate cards. Yeah. I had, the, all the money I had in the world was, $125 on a Saturday night. And I would buy grocery money with that. So in a way, I was always saving that money. Yeah. No, that's so cool. Well, I I almost hate to end this. Um, I'm, I we could go back to Pebble Beach. We could go back to Pebble Beach. This this time, I'll let you grab me. Really? Um, will you? you just, I don't think so. I don't um, think you will. I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't think well, so. Well, let's see. Okay. But, you know, in any event, I'm so, I feel so privileged to have gotten to know you all these years. I was there in the beginning. And, um, and I've watched your journey, Bob, and how you've you know, really become dedicated to helping people with money and humor. So you take the edge off of being afraid about money. You've counseled people. You, you reach out, and you really change people's lives about, about you know, finance, which is one of the biggest things in the world. There's sex and money, right? Yeah. Sex, money, and rock and roll. Exactly. We just got to find a friend who's in, oh, Lou, he's in a rock and roll. Okay. My favorite husband. Well, so we got it all now. Let's, well, yeah. let's make it happen. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being on. Thank you. Um, again, my name is Bob Wheeler, and this has been Money You Should Ask. Until next time. Money You Should Ask. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>